0: Hi, I'm Gianna Volpe, and thank you for listening to The Heart of the East End on 88.3 WLIWFM, the show where we get to the heart of any matter at hand with folks from all walks of life on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We stream online at WLIW.org radio and welcome your comments, questions, and collaborations of all kinds on the heart of the East Live End. from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, I'm Gianna Volpe with local news on Long Island's only NPR radio station. Suffolk County Police are investigating a shooting in Shirley that left two teenagers injured yesterday in which according to Representative Lee Zeldin, happened just outside his home. The shooting took place outside the home on St. George Drive West, in Shirley, where the two teens took refuge from a drive-by shooting police said. The two, who are from Mastic and Mastic Beach, were taken to area hospitals for treatment of their non-life-threatening injuries. No one in the Zeldin family was hurt. Civic police said there was no connection between the shooting and The homeowner, Darwin Yanes, reports on Newsday.com that, according to police, three teenagers were walking on St. George Drive West when a dark-colored vehicle drove by and an occupant fired multiple gunshots through the car's window at 2.19 uh, Sunday afternoon. The two 17-year-old males were were struck and attempted to hide in the yard of a home on the street, police said, while a third teen fled on foot. According to Zeldin, the GOP nominee for governor, the shooting happened outside his home while he was returning from the Bronx Columbus Day Parade in Morris Park. Last night at a news conference on his street with his family and police nearby, Zeldin said, my two 16-year-old daughters were at the kitchen table doing homework and they hear gunshots. One of the bullets was actually found 30 feet from where they were sitting. Four of his home security cameras picked up three people, Zeldin said, one person who was not injured, moving around for about two minutes and appeared to be on a phone. Zeldin said all three appeared to be together and there may have been at least one more person outside the scope of his cameras. He said his porch, which had blood on it, was closed off as part of the crime scene since one injured man was found in the bushes and the other on the porch. Quote, it really hit, it hits really close to home when it shows up on your doorstep, he said. Governor Kathy Hochul tweeted Sunday evening I'm relieved to hear the Zelton family is safe and grateful for law enforcement's quick response. Suffolk police are asking anyone with information to call 631 852 8752 or contact Crime Stoppers. That's 1 800 220 TIPS. All calls will remain confidential. Looking at health news, fewer than 4% of Long Islanders who completed their original vaccine series have received the latest COVID booster shot. I think that's the bivalent vaccine. And it's similar to low booster uptake rates statewide and nationally, according to a Newsday analysis of vaccination data. Lisa L. Colangelo reports on Newsday.com that figures show 76,000. 144 Long Islanders have received the updated booster as of September 28, according to the New York State Department of Health. Statistics on the agency's website show 2,179,999 people 12 and older who live in Nassau and Suffolk counties have received their primary vaccine, vaccine series, making them eligible for the latest booster. And that means about 3. point Four, nine percent of Long Islanders who completed their primary vaccine series have gotten the updated booster. Dr. Sharon Knockman, chief of pediatric infectious diseases at Stony Brook Medicine, called response and uh, reception to the latest booster slow and low. About 3.51% of New Yorkers who completed their primary vaccine series have gotten the latest booster. Access to the shots doesn't seem to be an issue on Long Island. A check of large chain pharmacies in NASA and Suffolk counties, including Rite Aid, CVS and Walgreens, showed numerous appointments available online for the next several days. More people may be prompted to seek the updated booster if the uh, rate of infections start to rise. That's according to Dr. David Hirschwerk, an infectious disease specialist at Northwell Health and medical director of North Shore University Hospital. Dr. Hirschwerk said as time goes on, there is a weighting of immunity either from prior infection or from prior vaccination. Dr. Sharon Nachman, chief of pediatric infectious diseases at Stony Brook Medicine, we mentioned earlier said nobody says i don't need an airbag if they're, t- if they're talking about driving in a car or i have seatbelts and i'm a safe driver why would we do less with our health with vaccines she said and finally as reported on riverheadlocal.com the li double and suffolk county transit buses are following a regular weekday schedule today but here's what's closed on this federal holiday looks like all government offices schools the post office Most banks, most libraries, what's open, the stock exchange, NASDAQ, and most retail stores, grocery stores, and restaurants. We'll be reading the weather in the Shinnecock Territory this morning in honor of our first guest, Shane Weeks, joining us for the first Indigenous Peoples Day segment here on The Heart, underwritten by Jennifer Benton. Looking like mostly sunny today with a high near 65 degrees. Light west wind becoming southwest 5 to 10 miles per hour in the morning. Tonight mostly clear with a low around 50 degrees. West wind around 5 miles per hour becoming northwest. After midnight right now, it's 49 degrees. Music from all decades and genres. I am breaking the, um, the format of the heart as far as the tunes are concerned. There will be no connection between words, um, but all of these songs are connected in some way. Um, it is Indigenous Peoples Day, and I have looked through a bunch of uh, Indigenous playlists, On the old iTunes, and came up with this series of tunes. We've got Link Ray, Samantha Crane, Naco, and William Prince, followed by Bill Miller and Ray Remington. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk, of course. Streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org slash radio. Don't forget to check out uh, the website to find out more about the cool programming that we have planned for you here on WLIWFM on Indigenous Peoples Day. Special features on The Heart this morning. We've got Shane Weeks and Jeremy Dennis joining us at the bottom of the next two hours. Of course, replay at midnight tonight, so uh, twelve around 12.30 and 1.30. Um, but we are also, this uh, uh, this evening at 7 p.m., going to have a half-hour program that works to celebrate culture, empower youth, nourish knowledge, inspire intergenerational dialogue, and build strong roots for our future generations called Indigenous. Youth Nation, right here on WLIWFM. So stay tuned for that. And I do want to give a quick shout. Uh, I saw Tila Troge posted on um, the Face Space a note about donating to the Shinnecock Land Acquisition Fund. Uh, if you'd like to do that, you can go to Peconic Land Trust. Dot O-R-G to find out more, I'm Jenna Volpe. This is Samantha Crane, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio uh, station on this Indigenous Peoples Day of 2022, WLIWFM. Mm-hmm.
1: Like bees in a hive Like someone famous died I finally found our common ground Eyes of rain was coming down All your paintings black and mouse so They didn't make a sound But we got found out And I'm heading out of sight. Like I'm running away
0: Just love that line. Uh, you know that way I get when I haven't had my coffee yet. Also loving the playlist that we've prepared for you on this Indigenous People's Day. Samantha Crane raised in Shawnee, Oklahoma, and is of Choctaw heritage. Link Ray, I believe, was Shawnee um, or is? This is Nako, Dragonfly. I'm gonna look them up right now from the My Name is Bear record. William Prince on deck after that, then Bill Miller. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to the weekday morning and midnight show, The Heart of the East End, here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
2: should put that cigarette out You should have faith in my mouth Like my mother, like your son Like my temperamental lungs Each piece fits into the next Like I'm not black and I'm not white Both reveal me in my sight you've got twinkles in your eyes you say vegetarians save lives but there's your wings despite my back there's your baby's passenger will there be one more of me close my eyes and try to hide from my form of dragonfly
0: if you don't know Nako, I recommend looking them up right now. Find out more about this incredible artist, N-A-H-K-O. Little bear woke
2: in the woods Chipped and peeled the echo hurts In that pan under the covers I've been stealing from my lover Moments I cannot replace To my former dragonfly I resist and I survive State, I've brought this to logic, glass of mind, pull through. But what's that say of my character? I retreat back into nature. Will there be one more of me? To my form of dragonfly, I resist and I survive. I survive I survive. fire, the little I survive I survive of fire, the little sisters, the little I survive I survive This is resistance I survive I survive I survive This is resistance I survive I survive I survive I This is this is
0: Oh, my gosh. Learning so many new artists I love by putting together the Indigenous People's Day playlist for you here on The Heart. That was NACO, leading us to the bottom of the 9 o'clock hour just after midnight, if you're listening to the replay. And that means it is time for our first segment, this one underwritten by Jennifer Benton, welcoming back to the program the one and only Shane Weeks. First of all, good morning, Shane. Thank you for joining us.
3: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: All right, so I actually, uh, I I mentioned the face space a little earlier today, and I mentioned, um, I just shared on there, our conversation from April 7th, when your book, Good Neighbors, A Shinnecock History from a Shinnecock Perspective, just came out, just because, man, that was one of my favorite interviews uh, to date. And I thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, thank you for writing it and for joining us again, especially on this Special day. Uh, first, let's talk a little bit about the book and some of the other uh, responses that you've got gotten to it at at this point in the year.
3: Sure. Yes. Um. The book is is doing great. I um actually just uh, had two presentations uh, involving it yesterday, um, and one at College Point uh, at a Business People Day event. And um, also at the Randall Island Powwow for Indigenous people, um, which is actually going on today. I just came back from a sunrise ceremony there this morning. And um, you know, I think a lot of the responses I'm getting is um, just, I guess, how impactful people have felt it has become um, being that it is a first-hand experience right. from a Shinnecock perspective, and something you... that is very rarely seen. On you know, uh, any indigenous community on the East Coast here.
0: You talk a lot about about things that uh, people should know more about if they don't already institutionalize colonialism. Uh, the idea of the b- blood quantum, uh, the fact that uh, yeah. canoes could hold 100 people, and uh, that the Shinnecock have a history of more than 10,000 years of living on Long Island. Yes. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely and you know that's something that just is not common knowledge, and that was that was systematically done um here in Americas all from the southern tip of South America to the northern tip of Canada um, you know that was something that was uh, systematically done um uh, because that knowledge wasn't even common knowledge for myself as an indigenous person growing up on in an indigenous community and so um you know, I think that bringing those things to light, it really is turning a page. You know, I always like to say that I am first generation born into a world where we can freely be who we are mm-hmm. as Indigenous people of this part of the world. And I think that's, um, you know, it's a very important moment in history and time uh, for us to be able to uh, have our voices amplified.
0: Sad and beautiful all at once. You know, I-, I wanted to ask you, as someone who has visited other other people's other lands, Ah, uh, can you talk a little bit uh, about how important, if at all, your travels to other territories have been in your uh, learning more about about the story of institutionalized colonialism and what has been done uh, in many parts of the world?
3: Absolutely. You know, I think um, in my travels, you know, well before my travels, growing up, you know, it it very felt it very much felt like we were isolated on Shinnecock or in the the New England area and that, um, you know, we were the only ones who were going through certain situations, uh, that our history was not shared. It was, it was very much, um, you know, we were an isolated community. Um, even in our cultural teachings, our, our history, our, our pre-colonial history, pre-contact history, um, and when I, when I be, uh, began traveling and going out to these other indigenous communities um, and interacting with indigenous people from around the world, I began to realize that one, colonialism has uh, very similar effects no matter no matter where you are, uh, no matter no matter what part of the world you are in. Um, the effects of colonialism is is very much uh, almost routine. It's very much, uh, you, can, you can literally measure it, you know, um, around the world. And uh, it, it also has its own timeline. Um, also, though, I realized how many connections uh, that we have culturally around the world and how similar we are as, as a human race, as a human people um, all, all across the, the globe, you know, but especially here in the Americas. Uh, for for us anyway, uh, how similar uh, we are. We are here. It was quite amazing and very very impactful for me um, growing up to understand the global picture. Uh, the that everybody has a piece of the puzzle.
0: Right.
3: Every community has a piece of of a larger puzzle.
0: That's beautiful. You know, I, I'm curious, Shane. You 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 wear so many different hats, and you are involved in so many. Uh, different aspects uh, of life uh, throughout all sorts of organizations. Uh, I'm curious about the story on the grave protections front uh, as a grave protection warrior, as it were. There's been a lot of change in the past few years as far as the story there. Uh, if you don't mind catching folks up if they they don't uh, know uh, what what we're talking about, and then uh, about where we are today, as, as far as that's concerned.
3: Sure, um, you know, some of the biggest updates are of course Sugarloaf and some of the lands that are ancestral burial grounds that have been desecrated or, or lands that we are trying to prevent from being desecrated. Um, and trying to protect those lands and protect our ancestors' burial sites from being uh, removed, disturbed in any way, shape or form. Um, so that's still a major front that we are working on, uh here in Southampton and across Long Island. Um, another major front is the repatriations. And uh we are are currently involved with many institutions um trying to repatriate dozens and dozens and dozens of remains of our ancestors' remains um, that have been uh desecrated and brought out of their their resting places across Long Island and um Put in these museums and institutions, and we are working very hard and actively to try and bring them home, as well as any artifacts, um, whether it be sacred artifacts, burial, funerary objects, um, for for them to come home, uh, so that we can we can appropriately handle, uh, whether it be reinter them into the ground or return ceremonial objects back to ceremonial use. Um, it's something that uh, we we are doing very very hard in doing.
0: You mentioned that it was it's a complicated thing. Uh, has there been any movement uh, toward that end as far as getting uh, some of these people and these uh, objects home where they belong?
3: Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, um, many of the uh, institutions, well, they are um, mandated by a federal law called NAGPRA law, a uh, Native American law um, Graves Repatriation Act, uh, to, to return them back to, to our people. And so, um, we are working very consistently with many places to not only bring them home, but working with, um, people who, or uh, organizations that have, land that we can reinter them to. We try and get them to go back to exactly where they came from, or at least as close as possible to where they were taken from.
0: When we're talking about land, I I noticed that Tila Troj um, posted a a link to the Shinnycock Land Acquisition Fund uh, through the Peconic Land Trust. Uh, Is any of this stuff connected to what you're talking about as far as uh, grave protections are concerned?
3: Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, those funds go directly to protect sacred uh, burial sites, uh, sacred sites to our people. Um, so that that is definitely a way to contribute um, to our cause.
0: I do want to give a quick shout to your website, bizhiki.com. B-I-Z-H-I-K-I. Uh, for anyone who wants to know more about you or, or find good neighbors, uh, you can definitely ask your local bookstore to order it if they don't Already have it on the shelves, which I hope they do. It's a great read and uh, very enlightening. Before I let you go, Shane, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to make sure folks know, especially uh, as Indigenous People's Day is concerned?
3: Sure, absolutely. You know, I just want to I want to acknowledge the importance of Indigenous People's Day, and um, you know, just just really bring awareness to the history that is ours as indigenous people, um, that is also shared by everybody in the Americas. And, uh, that, that, that our part of history has so often been overlooked, um, so often been written out of the textbooks. And this is a day to really bring awareness and acknowledgement that we are still here and we have our, our own story to tell. Um, and so I, I really, uh, appreciate, um, being able to talk about this and, uh, speaking on behalf of uh, our community
0: grateful to to make sure that you have the space shane weeks i'm gianna volpe this is william prince and you just heard the first segment here on indigenous people's day underwritten by jennifer benton on long island's only local npr radio station wliwfm stay tuned
4: So much to be marvelled in this day and age. Every road has been followed, every mistake has been made, but there's a lot to be desired, and I'll find. Myself inside Memories still alive Just behind my eyes Seems the more I go Leaving home Looking for What I need's been buried In my
5: soul
4: Cause I never heard a song So quite like it. Not much beats the sound of the pouring rain And there's something in your kiss Leaves me so helpless You leave me breathless You leave me breathless His voice inside Terrified Plagued with pride Resonating Sounding like my own Then piece by piece So oh, suddenly No subtleties Your beauty Can bring me To my knees Cause I never Poured a song Something Quite like Elvis Now much beats the sound Of the pouring rain And there's something in your kiss Leaves me soaring I'm always wishing on the times we had Wishing Wishing I could get you back I'm always wishing on the times we had Wishing I could get you back Cause I never heard a song sung well I guess Now much beats the sound of the poor rain And the something in your kiss Leaves me so endless. And I can't help but see you again and I can never see the sun Oh, yes. You leave me breathless You leave me
0: breathless. William Prince of Pegas Descendancy It's Bill Miller, Mohican Heritage Wind Spirit and the Art of Survival Record of 1995 here on WLIWFM NPR Radio.
6: Yeah. I'm
0: Native country for you this morning on Indigenous Peoples Day on the heart of the East End. That's Ray Remington. We've got Quantum Tangle on deck. Tiny hands from the Shelter as We
7: what Go record.
0: Stay tuned for Anthony Wakeman All the and Aaron you have White.
7: Done on top of being a, wife, a mother, a daughter, a home. Here on the heart of the East End
0: on WLIWFM.
7: What have you seen in your short, long life? What has your heart overcome? The traditional ways that are hidden away can be revived by the beat of a drum. Drum. What have you seen in your short, long life? What did those tiny hands do? Did those tiny hands do? Stretching, scraping, fixing and making Mending the skins that our souls fit within Stitching, nothing can undo What did those tiny hands do? What have you seen in your short, long life? Has your heart overcome? The traditional ways that are hidden away can be revived by the beat of a drum. What have you seen in your short, long life? A witness to so many wrongs. Relocation, damnation, and misinformation. Our nation still strong Song. What have you heard in your short, long life? When did they silence your voice? The stories they spun made you swallow Your tongue made you feel like it was your choice yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Quantum Tangle on WLIWFM will lead you into the NPR news break and the local news update with John Trudell's Crazy Horse from the Bone Days record of 2002. But first, Anthony Wakeman and Aaron White's Spirit Dance from the Handprints of Our People record of 2011. I'm Jenna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
8: Crazy Horse, we hear what you say, one earth, one mother, one does not sell the earth, the people walk upon, we are the land, how do we sell our mother, how do we sell the star, how do we sell the air, Crazy Horse, we hear what you say. Too many people standing their ground, standing the wrong ground. Predator's face, he possessed a race. Possession, a war that doesn't end. Children of God, feed on children of Earth. Days people don't care for people. These days are the hardest. Material fields, material harvest. Decoration on chain that binds. Mirrors gold. The people lose their minds. Crazy Horse, we hear what you say. One Earth. One mother. One does not sell the earth. The people walk upon. We are the land. now and then, dream smokes touch the clouds, on a day when death didn't die, real world time, tricks, shadows lie, red, white, perception, deception, predator tries civilizing us, but the tribes will not go without return. Genetic light from the other side. A song from the heart, our hearts to give. The wild days, the glory days live. Crazy Horse, we hear what you say. One earth, one mother. One does not sell the earth. The people walk upon. We are the land how do we sell our mother how do we sell the stars how do we sell the air crazy horse we hear what you say crazy horse we hear what you say we are the seventh generation we are the seventh generation
0: Long Island Local News, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. With just a month left in one of the nation's marquee governor's races, incumbent Governor Kathy Hochul shows a financial advantage over her Republican opponent, Representative Lee Zeldin, as she seeks to become the first woman to be elected governor of New York State. Nicholas Fandos reports in the New York Times that Hochul raised $11.1 million, or about $133,000 a day, on average from mid-July to early October, according to campaign filings made public late Friday that showed numerous high-dollar events in the Hamptons and Manhattan. She will enter the home stretch of the race with nearly $10.9 million in cash at her disposal, two-and-a-half times as much money as Zeldin. As independent polls show Hochul, a Buffalo Democrat with a fluctuating lead, she has poured most of the cash into an unrelenting ad campaign to try to highlight Zeldin's opposition to abortion rights and support for former President Donald J. Trump. It's not cheap. Records show Hochul has spent more than $1.5 million a week since Labor Day to blanket New Yorkers' televisions and smartphones. Unlike other recent Republican nominees in New York, Zeldin has seemed to put together enough money to remain competitive in the race's final weeks. His campaign reported raising $6.4 million during the three-month period, including large halls at events featuring Trump and Ron DeSantis of Florida, the governor there. Zeldin has roughly $4.5 million in cash, a figure that surprised some Democrats. Quote, Lee Zeldin is raising enough money to run a more competitive race than the last few Republican gubernatorial nominees, said Evan Stavisky, a leading New York Democratic strategist. There are more than twice as many registered Democrats than Republicans in the state, a margin that underscores Zeldin's challenge. Despite the millions being spent, the race for governor of New York is actually shaping up to be relatively cheap compared to other more competitive contests in big states like Texas, Georgia and Wisconsin, which could cost well over $100 million each. In Georgia, the candidates for governor announced raising a total of nearly $65 million during the last three months. Speaking of the election, just repeating some information for New Yorkers in preparation for the November 8th election. It looks like the voter registration deadline, whether in person, by mail or online, is October 14th. If you have not yet registered to vote, please do so. Um, It is, um, you know, it's part of what being an American is all about. Um, We would like you to vote So make sure you are are registered by the 14th, whether you decide to do so in person, by mail or online. Uh, Absentee and mail-in voting is not available to all voters. Uh, The the deadline to request an absentee or mail-in ballot is uh, November 7th, the day before Election Day, in person. Uh, Otherwise, online or by mail, it needs to be done Uh, By October 24th, and when we talk about by mail, it's received by October 24th, not postmarked. The absentee mail-in ballot return deadline in person is Election Day, November 8th, and it needs to be postmarked by November 8th uh, if you're sending it out. Early voting is available to all voters, and uh, that starts on the 29th of October through the 6th of November, two days before Election Day. 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Election Day. That's when polls will be open. Voter registration forms are available online by going to the New York State Board of Elections website, elections.ny.gov. And remember, if you are going to do the early voting thing, which I definitely recommend, uh, I've done it and it's fantastic. Uh, again, that's the 29th of October through November 6th. You can go to any of the early polling places in your county. It does not need to be where you live. And finally, the FBI is seeking help from residents of Mobile, Alabama, to identify Gilgo Beach murderer victim Jane Doe, number three, and her toddler. A law enforcement source told Newsday, the Mobile Police Department said the federal agency is seeking relatives of a deceased man because they may be able to help identify a woman and child killed in another state. The mother, the Mobile police said, has a tattoo of a peach on her chest. Michael O'Keefe and Anthony M. DiStefano report on Newsday.com that a law enforcement source close to the case said investigators believe there is a slight lead to potentially identify the victims. The Mobile Police Department posted on its Facebook page, quote, the FBI is seeking relatives and friends of Elijah Liege Howell slash Howard, Uh, He died in 1963. Mr. Howard lived in Pritchard, Alabama with his wife, Carrie, and passed away in Mobile, Alabama in 63 with Miss Lily May Wiggins Packer. His relatives may be able to assist in the case of a woman and child found in another state. Quote, does this tattoo look familiar? If anyone has any information, please call -CALL 1-800-CALL-FBI or tips.fbi.gov. The tattoo depicts a peach that Long Island homicide investigators say belongs to a victim known as Jane Doe No. 3. The Gilgo case broke in late 2010 with the discovery by police of human remains along a desolate stretch of the Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach. A year later, a total of 10 sets of remains had been found, mostly of young Women laboring as sex workers, but also a toddler and an Asian male. More than a decade later, what have become known as the Gilgo Beach killings remain among the most publicized unsolved serial murder cases in the United States. Looking at the weather in Riverhead in honor of our next guest, Jessica Green of Sediment and Sentiment, which will be holding a dinner at the Preston house soon, looking like a sunny Tuesday with a high near 67 degrees, light and variable wind becoming northwest around six miles per hour in the morning. Tonight, patchy fog after 2 a.m., otherwise clear tonight with a low around 46 degrees southwest wind, three to five miles per hour. Right now, it's 58 degrees warming up um smash mouth toad gil scott heron and george straight but first a little bit of the dead for you especially my aunt karen who loves them here on long island's only local npr radio station wliwfm
5: No doubt of the way I'll get all the way back out. Tell you what I'll do, I'll watch out for you. You're my woman now. Make yourself easy. 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 When the shadows grow, it'll give you fight When the is cold winds blow, it'll ease your mind. The shame. To choose What you may win What you may lose Tell you what I do I'll watch out for you You're my woman now Make yourself easy Make yourself easy Make yourself easy
0: Can anyone explain to me why Toad and their tracks have been retitled Matenzione? year before Toad wrote that record. Gil Scott-Heron released Pieces of a Man. This is, I think I'll call it Morning. I may hop over George Strait next. We'll see.
9: I'm gonna take myself a piece of sunshine and paint it all over my sky. Yeah.
0: All right, we'll keep George straight Amarillo by morning we will hop over October from a band called by morning and we got lots of October tracks to lead you into the NPR news break Jessica Green joins us in just a minute here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station WLIWFM
10: Amarillo by morning up from San Antonio high in that Texas sky, I'll be bucking at the county fair Amarillo by morning Amarillo I'll be there They took my saddle and here's two, broke my leg in Santa Fe lost my wife and a girlfriend somewhere along the way. But I'll be looking for aid when they pull that gate, and I hope that judge ain't blind. Amarillo by morning, Amarillo's on my mind. Santa.
0: George Strait leading us to the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour on Tuesday morning just after 1 o'clock if you're listening to the replay. And that means it's time for our Tasty Tuesday segment underwritten by, oh, Southampton Arts Center, which we were just speaking with, uh, with Patton about their Celebration of Trees um, exhibit that's on now. And there is sort of a connection because Rachel Bosworth is one half, I believe, of Sediment and Sentiment, which her partner Jessica Green is on the line to talk to us about this morning. Good morning, Jessica.
11: Good morning.
0: It is so lovely to have you on the line. It has been many years. It's been many years. And and remind me, who initially yeah. int- introduced us to one another? Was it Rachel?
11: I think it may have been Rachel or... Um Amano, like rest the restaurant
0: a through mono, through um, Amano. I do. I yeah. remember. I do remember you eating there at least one night that I was working yeah. there, if not more yeah. than one. Well, it's lovely to have yeah. you on the line. And so, what are we talking about? We're talking about sediment and sentiment. It's. It seems like it's a wine company, but does it represent uh, uh, wineries throughout the region? I saw that you guys have a dinner coming up at Preston House, but it said featuring RGNY wines and others.
11: Yes. So basically what um, sentiment and sentiment is, it's really, um, I want to say, a pro- it's a product as well as a um, subscription, a wine club subscription. Um, basically, we like to um, teach about wine. It's educational um, and really focusing on... Um, Biodynamic and um, sustainable wines around the world. So, with the Blind Tasting Kit, which is one of our um, products, we really try to um, promote and teach um, tasting wines um, in a different way uh, without judgment um, and without just like really just having fun with the wine. Um, and that's the sentiment and sentiment. Um, Tasting
0: kit so I like that I like that because you know some people can get intimidated uh, by tasting so th-
11: exactly
0: so this is is something that exactly. that encourages uh, just uh, enjoying the experience now you, you mentioned biodynamics and uh, sustainable farming in general I know that we have quite a few um, biodynamic wine growers in the region um, I, I imagine this is hopefully, where I'm hoping uh, this is going to be yeah. uh, elevating some of our local producers. Is that the case?
11: Exactly. So um, definitely with the sustainability um, on Long Island, um, the mo- our next wine dinner, which is at the Preston House, we um, chose RGNY, um, which was um, formerly Martha Clara. Right. I um, didn't know they
0: were biodynamic.
11: Yeah, so they're actually sustainable. Okay. So, so there's actually one biodynamic vineyard um, on Long Island, and he's actually um, in Calverton. His name is Rex. In the yes, we
0: know Rex Farm. F- yes, yeah. the farm F A R R M.
11: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully in the future we will have the opportunity um, to work with him. Um, but when we're not working with local vineyards, we actually um, we hunt, we outsource and so we work with wines from over the world. Um, With the actual S&S subscription, we actually pair with Down the Rabbit Hole, um, which focuses on only biodynamic and organic wines from all over the world. And um, it's a quarterly subscription where they receive three wines from the shop, as well as um, a little kit from us on information about the vineyard, um, a little... um, wine tool just to kind of, again, bring in a new way of learning um, about wine really from the other end, um, not just in your palate, but just using like all of your senses and feeling comfortable with wine.
0: So how new is sediment and sentiment? And then talk a little bit about yeah. uh, how you and Rachel got to know one another and decided to to start a business together
11: yes um so I guess we well, I'll start with um how we met. We actually met um in high school i um seventh or eighth grade um we both graduated from matatuck um and we've been literally best friends um ever since I did not know um, that after yes okay <laughs> we go we go way way back <laughs> um we actually start after um High school during college, we both worked at um, local vineyards. I worked at um, Diliberto, um, and at one point, she did work at um, Pindar. So we did work separately, and ended up working together at yeah, um, Diliberto right, for quite right. some years. Yeah. I
0: remember. I remember when yeah. Rachel was working there.
11: Yes. So as she continued her journey um, through college and finished up with um, PR and marketing. I originally went for nursing um, and decided that was not my um, cup of tea as much as I loved it. I went back to school for wine. It became a sum and just really um, deep dove into um, the industry. And while doing that, um, and especially when we're still working at the vineyards, just for fun, we would actually just grab a few bottles, um, have friends over, and have everyone wrap them. Um, so we were hosting our own little wine tastings just for like the fun of it right. and really kind of, again, deep diving into the wines and local wines. We would kind of compare different um, vineyards. Maybe one week we would ask everyone to bring a Merlot or a and, um That is so fun. not realize what we were doing. <laughs> we were literally doing it for fun, not realizing what we were doing. We were definitely developing um, – our palate. And like now when I taste Long Island wine, just really see how it's grown and how it's involved and like the depth and what the winemakers are doing. And it's, it's really cool. So with that um, speaking of like the blind tasting that happened to be one of our concepts and um, products with sediment and sentiment.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the, the journey of, uh, toward or, or in becoming a sommelier?
11: Absolutely. Um it really it's it's passion. <laughs> like I did have the opportunity and um I was very um grateful to grow up um on the North Fork of Long Island. Like growing up here and I always called myself the a child of wine because growing up I remember seeing all the different vineyards um popping up. So one of my first jobs, um, obviously being in the vineyard, I actually worked mostly um, during harvest. So, of course, that includes a job that really no one wants to do. And I'm not going to lie, it was not the best experience for me. And then I found the passion for it and ended up obviously loving it. So in 2010 is when I took my first um, sound course. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I did go to the city. And to my surprise, I was actually the only one that had hands-on training with actually working in a vineyard and working in a tasting room. So I can say that really, really helped um, my journey huh. with just having a little like recognizing really what's going from the grapes to the bottle and then so on with the palate. Um, so, so that so that's involved. I, I mean, always-
0: you're saying that that part of becoming a sommelier is is sort of making that connection from from growing
11: percent. very cool, 100%. And again, I did, I was very fortunate enough to have that experience. Um, just because of again, where I grew up, not a lot of people have that opportunity. So, um, that for me personally was a huge, huge, um, just it, it grew my passion even more as I'm learning different regions, and soils, an- and right. the varietals. Like, it, it's like kind of all clicks, you're like, oh, so. Now I understand, you know, why um, our climate has, you know, or ripening of a Cabernet Sauvignon compared to a warmer climate or whatever it may be. So again, personally, for my journey, being hands-on and having the opportunity to work in local vineyards really, really helped. But um, other than that, it's a lot of um, maps and a lot of tasting wines and really getting to know your senses.
0: Really, I- I'm gl- <laughs> I'm glad to know. That that that's how involved uh, becoming a sommelier gets. That that they really take it that far. I'm I'm glad to know that. All right. Well, we're super we're super excited for both you, Jessica Green, and Rachel Bosworth as you uh, embark on this sediment sediment and sentiment adventure. Uh, Will you just refresh our minds as far as the wine dinner at uh, Preston House before I let you go? And play the next track.
11: Absolutely, I'm very excited about it. Um, so it's actually going to be a recourse wine dinner with um, Chef Dimitro. Um, it, we actually go there. Um, I don't want to say quite often, but we've definitely been there a few times. So that it's the perfect location, great food. Um, Jennifer, one of the owners, she's um, great at hosting. Um, love her hospitality. So we're really excited to um, have um, this dinner. And it's not going to be like an ordinary dinner where you're just kind of like sitting and, of course, um, pairing the food and wine. There will be um, a lot of talk, not only about the food, but the wines, the region of Long Island, um, kind of really getting into that with um, not only the local vineyards, but the varietals themselves and why they're pairing with their dish and why they um, grow so well on Long Island. So it's definitely going to be um, um, a great experience. And each guest actually leaves with a sediment and sentiment um, box, which includes a wine tool, information, three great informational cards um, on the wines that we will be trying and um, some other little goodies. When will it be? Again, very unique experience. When
0: will it be and where can folks find tickets?
11: Yeah, so it's actually Friday, 21st um, at 630 um, at the Preston House in Riverhead, Um, and you can actually make your reservation by calling the restaurant directly, um, and that's 631-775-1500. It will be a very fun time.
0: I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Jessica Green. This was the Tasty Tuesday segment on the Heart of the East. End this is Fat Dolsk. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
12: got a hold on me Maybe I can fix it if I roll this green up I know that it's wrong, but I can't move on I'm stuck in a loop, stuck in a loop, gone She said, why you never call? I said, I got these issues I'ma deal with on my own So when I see my move, just know you're doing nothing wrong And when I'm feeling down, I don't want hear about it at all, yeah one step forward and two steps back baby you can go on for now I'm stuck in this trap of this thing we call life I always think twice if i can't even make it this time but I'll be all right don't let it get me 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 yeah don't let it get me don't let it get me I'm tired of
0: October from the Broken Bells self-titled record of 2010. The vocal stylings reminding me a little bit of the shins. This is George Oglevy, October, a single from 2016. And then we got a brand new single called October from Anja Kotar. We'll see what we have uh, time for uh, 15 minutes before the NPR news break at the top of the hour. And the end of this edition of The Heart, I just want to say a big thank you to Pat Miller who I I can't believe I forgot to take a picture of us in the studio this morning, uh, as well as Jessica Green and our underwriters at Peconic Landing and Southampton Arts Center. I'm Gianna Volpe. You're listening to the Heart of the East End on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Uh, the show is recorded live in the WLIWFM Studio 51, Monday through Friday, 9 to 11. There is a replay of the show at midnight, and you can find all of the, the uh, archived episodes as well as the playlists on the Heart of the East End program page at WLIW.org slash radio. You know what? I'm going to keep this track in my back pocket just because it's five minutes long. You can find it on today's playlist. Hopping forward to Anja Kotar just so we can try to fit in a few more tracks ahead of the NPR news break. anja kotar's single october a new single which if uh it isn't already trending on tiktok i have to feel i feel like it's a perfect song to do so all right we've got enough time to fit the rest of the tracks and we've got bermuda cow and i'm a soul's uh same same title october same year 2022 looks like there's a lot of October tracks released this year. The next one uh, from Happy Landing's self-titled EP of 2022. And then we'll lead you into the NPR news break with Travis McKeveney. May he rest in love, turn you away from the October porches and secondhand fears record of 2015. I'm Gianna Volpe and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you just heard the heart of the East End or you are continuing to through. Through the top of the hour here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station Wli wFM stay tuned for the takeaway unless you're listening to the replay that means you're getting the overnight ramble right after the NPR news break, uh, right here on Wli wFM
13: goes goes everything goes New love through summer gives a relief To souls around the globe Searches of peace Young and old Everybody needs to find a police June sailed We fell Cause now it's October I love to drive you crazy Let's show first Didn't really know what to for summer up And now it's October I feel the grass beneath my feet Getting colder, less green As it's covered by the leaves a jacket for the breeze a couple madness deep couple cuts and believe it's hard not to throw some shade when you stood cooking in the sun breeze we'll refresh me because of being too wave. let's
12: shine.
0: Be landing on W L I W F M, sending you into the NPR news break with Long Island's own Travis McKeveny. Uh, I believe it is World Health uh, Men- World Mental Health Day, something like that. Uh, so just a note to uh my friends and and foes out there, everyone. Um, it's okay to not be okay sometimes. And if that's the case, hey, I encourage you to talk about it. And I hope that if someone is Talking to you about their feels, uh, try to be non-judgmental and uh, instead of telling them to cheer up, tell them how glad you are that they came to you uh, to talk about difficult things. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Travis McKeveney and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome and you're listening to WLIWFM and PR Radio.
10: We can only